Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 287, recorded today, July 2nd, 2020. On tonight's episode, we're going to break down the investor briefing meeting that occurred, the 80th annual meeting, general meeting that occurred at the end of June. My night, my note scrolled on me, so that went really bad. Plus, we're going to talk about some more games being released, and we're going to answer all of your questions and so much more. Jesse, cue the music! What is up, everyone? My name is Justin Masson. It is the day after Canada Day. I am stuffed with poutine and maple syrup, and I'm tired from riding my moose across the Great White North, looking for a pickup game of hockey while also singing Brian Adams, Celine Dion, and the Tragically Hit on CBC because, goddammit, they're national treasures. Alongside me are two folks who are going to be celebrating their nation's great birthday coming up soon. First and foremost, Mr. Jesse Waldack. Jesse, how are you today, sir? Good. I plan on staying away from as many people as I can because most of the people out there are idiots. It's a general comment. I like that. Just yep, yep. <laughs> people are people are generally idiots, and it's hard to segue from people are generally idiots. But I'm going to try my best. Speaking of a man who's not an idiot and can always come close to me, Mr. Timothy Alf. Tim, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm on the show. Woo. Woo, you're back. Yes. You and I have both been absent for two weeks, couple of weeks. Yes. We brought in some amazing... Last week, his appearance this week was still in the unknown. I know, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. And in our absence, of course, because we are such titans of the show, we had to bring in amazing guests. And of course, I'm speaking about Roger's base and Sean Capri showed up as well. But mainly Roger, right? Like we're mainly excited about him. He did a great job. So, but it was great to have a fellow Canadian on the board as well with us, of course, Sean, from a couple weeks ago. Uh, missing uh, in action, of course, is Mr. Marty Estes. I said, Marty, you go, t- you go, you go, take a seat. You know, what he, has, you know what he said to me. He said, "Woo!" This is for Marty, in support of Marty. Do we not have a? Do we not? Do we have a soundboard of "Woo"? I do. Give me a minute because I'm still playing oh, the background music. Quiet. I can't do both. <laughs> Woo! Oh. You're, you're putting it's, them on the spot there. It's tough, right? Listen, you have I, one job. It's a soundboard, all right? <laughs> yeah, but there's only one volume. I could have pushed woo, but it would have, it would have been woo. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you're going to have a bit of a woo on this episode as well. Woo! We're going to break down some of the most interesting woo! information around Nintendo. And it's kind of been a bit of a slow week, but we'll jump into it anyways. Let's just jump right into the news, shall we? And, of course, our news is brought to us over by Patreon.com. You can go to Patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, whereas for as little as a dollar a month, you can help us support and create amazing contests. Now, now, Timothy, we have some shout-outs we have to do. Who are we shouting out this week? Well, it looks like I think Boulder was mentioned last week already. So mm-hmm. the other one that's mentioned that was new on our system here is Steven. So hopefully our system has been up-to-date, keeping us up-to-date. I feel sure. like there's another person, but... I feel like I feel like that too. I feel like we got we had a couple hit our hit our Discord recently. Yeah, so I feel like we just, might, I'm just like gonna we go a, to our. Yeah, Discord. we had a new one last night, but I don't remember. Yeah, we're gonna do yeah, that. Zell Dad, but I don't know his real name. So, okay. but at Discord, he's Zell Dad. Yeah, we like so, it. We whoever love- Zell Dad is, 
Yeah, we love the absolute amazing people over on Patreon who are supporting us, who jump in there and listen to the content, gauge an amazing conversation, support each other. We have a bunch of tiers for people to jump in at. If you want a dollar, that's great. If you want to do 30, that's great. Whatever's in between. And man, we are so thankful for that support. It allows for and, us to to create amazing content. And our Twitch followers too. Anybody who follows on Twitch, they get into our Discord yeah. and all that kind of T- stuff. Tell, so. tell me more about this, Tim, and Twitch, and how <laughs> does that work? Well, if they go to our Twitch channel, they can subscribe. And when they go to subscribe and follow us there, uh, they subscribe monthly. Or if they use their, uh, was it Amazon? Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime. Prime. You get, yeah, Twitch Prime. And then you can follow us using that if you're not following anybody else. Or subscribe with that thus for free. Or part of what you pay for Twitch or Amazon Prime, excuse me, all these different things. Jeez. Uh, but, you do that, then you also get into our Discord. So in case you're not familiar with that, but you listen to the show, and maybe you're on following us on Twitch right now, hey, you get those bonuses as well. Yeah, absolutely. Tons of ways to join our community. Of course, big thank you to everyone that supports us, not only on Patreon, not only on Twitch using your Twitch Prime subscription, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all those ways. Thank you so much for your support and love. I'm going to be very honest with you. you. We feel it every single week, the amount of support that you guys show us. Uh, we have people who reach out to us on a daily basis, chat yes. with us, engage with us. Hey, why aren't you on the show this week? I hope everything's okay. Uh, man, yes. we are so blessed to have an amazing community. Lots of people in the community just reaching out to me because I had surgery last week. Yep. Just checking on me, making sure I'm okay. So I appreciate each and every one of them for doing that. Even the ones who may not have reached out to me, I'm sure they were thinking of it. So Because I know how crazy life gets. But I appreciate the whole community. I always look out for each other. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Well, speaking of loving and gushing our community, let's move on to the actual news, shall we? Now, we did kind of say it's been a little bit of a slow news week, but I'm going to hit off with the big thing. I think the main thing that we have to talk about, you can now swim in Animal Crossing. That's the most important thing we need to talk about right now. Uh, I, I ge- good night. Woo. Good night, folks. <laughs> good night. That's it. I do jest, of course. There are a couple of quick updates to make sure you are aware of. Uh, Min Min is now available in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And of course, the Animal Crossing 3.1.3.0 update now went a day early live, uh, which actually literally means you can now swim in Animal Crossing. Well, and my kids are over the moon excited. See, for this. See, someone said that on Twitter. This, I thought it was supposed to go out tomorrow. I'm like, in it, Japan, it is tomorrow. yeah (laughs) yes so yeah just tons of uh that was kind of a nice surprise my kids were super excited um yeah so check that out if you have not already all right let's break down some of the news now this someone actually called out specifically they said hey justin's justin's back on they're going to talk about this and 100 percent correct uh last week during nintendo's 80th annual general meeting of shareholders there was some important pieces of information that i want us to sit in the pocket and really talk about um, so first, pres- the Nintendo president. So, current- before you do, I just wanted to clarify: yes, this Jesse. is just like a normal Q and A type of thing with shareholders, yep. not financials. Is this correct? Co- correct. Yeah, we didn't. We're not busting down financials. We're not busting yeah. down any of those. Well, they didn't uh, we either because sh- either they, they won't. Correct. Because the quarter just ended, so they won't talk yep. about that until the end of July. End of July. Correct. So end of July, buckle up because Justin's going to come at you crazy with numbers because I'm excited. I'm going to be right? sitting here with popcorn. Right, it's gonna be so good. It's a show. Ah. (laughs) Uh, But uh, President Nintendo President uh, Fur, how do you Fur 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 Cowie Fur Aquala Fur Aquala? We say it wrong. I always say it wrong. Right. Um, Apologizes for the Joy-Con issues. Now the Joy-Con issues. You know, I think we've talked about the show a great many times. Joy-Con drift. 
I've had to send a ton of Joy-Cons in. I know, Jesse, you have. Tim, you've done some DIYs at home to kind of do those resolves. We have a great video on our YouTube channel where Tim actually shows you how to do that without sending them in, which is awesome. Um, but I think, if anything, th- of the Switch, I think the Switch is such an amazing console, but if there is an Achilles heel to this thing, it is those Joy-Cons. And so much so that, is that there's actually a lawsuit in the U.S., in relation to the Joy-Cons and the drift and the issues that they have about it. So I'm going to just kind of provide some context that he's actually provided. He says, regarding the Joy-Con, and I actually want to apologize here, I'm actually taking this translation um, courtesy of Nintendo Life, Nintendo Everything, and my Nintendo News. So this is where this reference is coming from. But he says, regarding the Joy-Con, we apologize for any trouble caused to our consumers, or sorry, yeah, to our consumers, we are continually aiming to improve our products, but as the Joy-Con is subject to a class action lawsuit in the United States, this is still a pending issue. We we would like to refrain from responding to any specific actions. This is absolutely fair. Typically, if something is currently in court or USB um, has a lawsuit, no, you can't really speak about it, right? Because yeah, you no can hurt yourself more. Yeah, no comment. You can hurt yourself more. But it's interesting that he addresses. He's just like, hey, sorry. Um. I don't know. Like this, I mean, obviously, his story doesn't magically make my Joy Cons fixed. Uh, but any any general uh, thoughts on this? Please understand. Oh snap! Oh snap! <laughs> Tim, what do you think of this? It, uh, it's not an. It's definitely not enough, and it's frustrating, especially as someone we all love Nintendo products, and we always bragged about how they could withstand our kids or ourselves, you know, from being klutzes or, or whatever. Or a strike in Iran. Yeah, <laughs> or a bomb, you know. <laughs> so it's frustrating to have to deal with this. And especially when um, I had to go out and buy new Joy-Cons for my son. And to see those after buying them, I think I bought them in October last year, um, to see them start to get drift, meaning nothing was fixed. That's the frustrating part is why is it taking so long to fix? Why mm. is it taking so long to, you know, you know what's going on. You g- are getting all these problems. Why haven't we seen um, a updated new version call out by Nintendo? Here's our, our new Joy-Cons. Maybe it's because of this class action suit or whatever. Yeah. But and they don't want to say, you know, hey, yeah, here's our new Joy-Con because we know it had a problem and then not, then they got to pay for all those other ones or something or trade in the other ones. But, yeah. you know, that's the frustrating part is just, I, I don't care. Just give me new Joy-Cons so it fixes mm-hmm. the issue. Yeah. It's not necessarily apples to apples, but it reminds me a little bit of Xbox's Red Ring of Death, right? You know, the console was great when it did its job. Right. But the amount of the amount of problems that the red ring of death caused and the amount of financial problems that caused. Right. There was a bit of a gain or a bit of a kind of a a wager of like, are we going to be OK based on these based on these things? And I really think that the Joy-Con is that for the switch. Right. I do think and it's not to the it's not to that nth degree yet. Right. We're not we're not having whole consoles. And that's one of the things I do like about it is this is the compartment compartmentalized effect of the Nintendo Switch. Oh, this Joy-Con's not working. Okay, shoot, put a new one on. Cool, right? And we're off the races for the most part. Unless you have a satellite. 
Yeah. And well, that's a bit of the rub, right? Now you're into the switch light. And I, you know, my wife and I have had conversations about the switch light a couple of times. So I thought, well, maybe I'll get a switch light for, for travel. And, she, and, and she's very up to the know about this stuff as well. And I probably talk to her and she probably ignores me for the most part or zones me out, but here's pieces that I say, but like, that's one of the, the struggles that I have about thinking about getting a switch light is that I know I've had to send in, I think eight joy cons, eight joy cons have gone in. I don't want to send a switch light because we also know that typically when you send a console in, you may not be getting back all your memory as well, as well with it or your backups. Because usually right? they'll so, just, they, they don't necessarily fix it. They just re- send you a refurbished replacement. Yeah. That's factory yeah. reset. Yeah. So yes. it's, it's such a, it's such a struggle. And I think if there was anything, and to your point, Tim, I would love, I would love for them to come out like when their next color variant comes out. It, I wanted to say new and improved Joy Cons. And here's the other thing I want. I It'll want just to be, be new, sell- new Joy Con. Sure, I know, but I want I want to see the words and improved, right? I also want to see them. This sounds bad. I want to see those at a low low cost. I want to see those at like thirty bucks to buy two of them, or to buy to buy a set, just because of the fact that like how many people have had to replace Joy Cons or, um, yeah, replace them because of this. So I don't know. So for those who need to replace it, give them a discount, or all of them would be thirty. All of them. Straight up, just just take just take the just take the shot on the chin, right? Drop them super low. Uh, it's kind of a bit of a goodwill to consumers. Okay, so let me ask you. Let me ask that same question again. Now, let me well, actually, let me ask that same question to business, Justin. Does that make sense to do that for thirty dollars, or is it just? Are you saying as business, oh. Justin, that they should take the hit? Before he answers, I have a, I want to answer. Okay, sure. As financially. As, as a business, that makes more sense than fixing the problem and having to replace 70 million Joy-Con for free. Yeah. I I think I think what they do. So here 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 would be my thought, Tim. Legitimately, okay. here's here's my here's my actual thought. You create a swap back program. You can bring your Joy-Cons into any retail or a digital front, wherever you purchase them from, you don't even need to have purchased them there and give them two used joy cons. And they will give you a set of brand new, fresh ones with the new and improved. It's a, it's a straight across swap, no cost to you. Boom. Here you go. And then, because oh, then Nintendo would eat the be eating that cost. That's exactly they, it. They right? would still have to pay, pay the retailers for, but providing but, that service. But as of right now, if a Joy-Con's broken, I have to go through an intake form. I then have to figure out that intake form. I then need to go to Purelator or FedEx, fill out their paperwork, which by the way, Nintendo's eating the cost of it being sent to them by FedEx, right? They're eating that cost. It has to show up in their repair shop. They have to categorize it, index. They have to assign someone's work order to it, who has to then examine it, repair, potentially replace, and then send back. You're talking $100 Joy-Cons, right, for a set of two. That entire transaction process from time management, from use of people's time, from the FedEx component is probably 50 to 60 bucks every time. So why not just do a straight? And so maybe if that's the thing, you're like, oh, I send them off to off to Nintendo to get repaired. If we're in this like world that I've built, then literally 
your box shows back up to you in like a day and it's a brand new, it says new and approved Joy-Cons and it's in a brand new box. And you're like, there you go. That's it. Right off like two Joy-Cons in, I'm not even going to look to replace them. I'm literally taking off the wall of this box, packing it and sending it to you. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, we've solved this episode. Good night, folks. <laughs> yes appears to be the answer. Yes. All right. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's jump into some more pieces of news here. Um, I'm going to talk about the second bullet point last. I'm just going to flip this order around. Um, the director and senior manager of uh, uh, manager, sorry, director and senior executive officer Shinya Takahashi. Man, I am bad. Says Nintendo has faced development delays due to COVID-19, but. It will not affect upcoming releases. In the future, if the pandemic continues, there could be delays in the future development and releases. You know, so let's talk me, about... That tells that? me, you know, so like you hear about crunch. So there's a deadline. They spent you know, three months before release. They're beating the hell out of their developers to go gold at the last minute to print the discs to have a day one patch. Anyway, because they fix mm-hmm. things post gold, but Nintendo has finished product sitting on the shelves, and they just said, "Okay, it's time to put one out," and then we see Paper Mario. Yeah, and I and I and I do think so. Here's so I mean, here's a couple ways. Like we can we can we can parcel this this statement here, and I want to focus in on the following: it will not affect upcoming releases. So we can read that one of two ways. It will not affect upcoming releases bracket that we have announced. And what I mean right. by that is Paper Mario will not be affected by COVID, right? Okay. Right. Well, because, and that logically because, makes sense. Because uh, I think Paper Mario might have been done or close to done before COVID. Otherwise, it wouldn't be ready. Correct. It wouldn't have gone gold a month and a half ago. Or Correct. Yeah. I think the other part of it that people are reading into is... Nintendo, and this is a little bit of your story there, Jesse. Nintendo has their plan for, for 2020. They know they're going to release X game in October. They're going to release X game in, in November. They have those already marked. Those are, to your point, they're done. They're locked in, or they're, they're close enough to be done that they're fine, that the delay has not impacted those, and they can release them when they want to release them. That's an interesting statement. I don't really know which one it is. It's a little bit of vague vagueness in relation to are we talking about what we know to be true versus what we don't know. And that's the thing. We don't know what's coming up next. And I think this is kind of important. I, I put out a video this week of what I suspect is going to happen. I do predict, and you can hold me to it, and I thought it was potentially going to be today. I was wrong. We will get some type of announcement from Nintendo before July 17th. Because July 17th is when Paper Mario comes out and they have no other game dated after Paper Mario. They have to tell us what to get excited about, what we need to be spending our money on. They cannot have a blank space, right? This is hype cycle. They are probably not going to do that communication the week of Paper Mario because that's a clean communication cycle, right? That five days leading up to it, we need to promote it, promote it, promote it, promote it. What they will most likely do, I believe, is that next week we will get a communication from Nintendo. I also believe it will be in the form of Twitter. It will not be Nintendo Direct. Or it will be PR. a tweet. Uh, yeah, it will be, PR. Yeah, oh yeah, it'll be a PR blast for, for all of us. 
plus it'll be a tweet with a link to a YouTube video or whatever it is, and it's going to be the latest yada 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 it'll game. Be, it'll be exactly what we got for, 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 for exactly Paper what we got Mario. for Paper Mario, and I suspect that game will be re- be revealed or sorry will be available to play early to middle of September. And that's a two-month cycle from now because they're all about keeping really close and small hype cycles, and they're not. And they're about telling us this game is available or it's it's ready, it's available, right? They're going to keep that, that really. And tight. that if they say it's available for pre-purchase today, again, they're releasing it the day it goes gold. Correct. And yeah, who else does that? No one. No, it's like, hey, let me tell you about Cyberpunk for the last five years, right? That's like, been delayed four times. Yes, exactly. Right. So I what, I, was, I what was released in April for Nintendo? Was there anything nothing released? It was, so it was at the end of March. It was Animal Crossing. Yeah. And then we were looking forward to uh, Xenoblade. Xenoblade was the end of May. Now and and, all, and then Clubhouse Games. Clubhouse Games. Yep. In June. And then now July is. Was there anything else in June? There's nothing nope. else in June by Nintendo, right? Uh. So, July would be the uh, Mar- Paper, Mario Paper Mario game. Correct. So, okay. As I'm trying to think if they're going to release something that could be a port or something in between. If they're trying to do the every month thing still, or if they're going to skip the month like you're thinking of in September. I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna skip August. Um, I think you're gonna get a Nintendo Direct at the end of August. And that Nintendo Direct will be the first one of the year, and that is going to blow out their plans for the back half of September, October, November. Yeah. That's Which going would to be... include new Nintendo Online, whatever. Yep, correct. Gonna do. That's okay. gonna that's gonna provide us that insight, and that's I think that's where the rubber is gonna hit the road. Um, and, and so the other nice part of that is, so they're gonna give us that information about two weeks before the other game that I predict is going to be announced is out, out right? Because now they're like, hey, we're just about here to this game. Now I need to tell you what's on the horizon. Nintendo's not showing us what's on the horizon. Nintendo's showing us, like, what's literally the next town, right? And that's a different methodology for them. Um, so I think that's what they're going to do. What do you guys There's- think? Am I crazy? Am I just, like, conspiracy theory nut job here? No, I do like the idea that there's probably something... I have a feeling, too, that there's probably something on the shelves. Uh, well, I think what that's what you were saying, Jesse? Yeah. That, I think, um, you know, they, I think they either have games on shelves ready to release or really close to it. And I think that anybody would probably ask us the question, or I would if I was listening, like, okay, maybe next episode or even this one now, what games do you think is on the shelf? <laughs> and that's, so, that's the billion-dollar question, right? I think probably Metroid Prime Trilogy, right? We've always been speculating that. We saw a lot of smoke in regards to that, so potentially that one, that that um, mythical Pikmin 4, yep. <laughs> or even a re-release of, of Pikmin 3 on the Switch, yeah. you know, a port there. So yeah, sure I, don't, I don't think it's going to be the Mario Collection. That everyone has been toting about. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be. I I do think if it's going to be something, it will be something like either something we've never thought of or heard of. But I do think like that where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Right. The Metroid port, the Pikmin four. There used to be mm-hmm. the not only the the Metroid port or Metroid Prime trilogy, but there also there was also that rumor for a while of the Metroid two D Metroid. 
Yeah. Right. So that one also is a little bit of like where there's smokers fire. I think if we go back to like early December, January, when we started hearing about, oh, what we might, we might hear in 2020, that's one that's been very rumored about a lot. Yes. I think that Nintendo's Nintendo Direct, they need to put like an anchor game in November, right? Or the Black Friday. And I think what sells really well, obviously po- Pokemon. It's not there though. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a Mario title. I think that's where either a Super Mario Odyssey two, a Galaxy three, or this like um, deluxe, not a deluxe edition, All Super Stars. Mario, th- yeah, All Stars <laughs> or three D World is gonna land right there, right in that pocket. Um, yeah. Mole says codename Steam two. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there that's, we go. that's that's exactly. <laughs> but that also it. brings a, a good point that Bowser and I'm still. I always mention this every time I mention it because I'm I'm hoping to hear something. Bowser did mention something about 3DS games being ported over to the yeah. Switch that they were working on something. My hope is, of course, another Metroid game, the Samus Returns yeah. game, to give it its due. Yeah, since it I was s- released at the end of 3DS mm-hmm. life for it, us Switch owners. <laughs> yeah, in our Twitch chat, Super DeFast says would kill for Samus Returns port. Yes. Yeah, I do think like there's I do think there's a possibility of that as well. So it, it it'll be it'll be interesting, but I do think I I thought it was going to be this week. I think maybe because of the holidays, potentially not. But if we I think next week we're going to hear something. Now, the other part of it that it could be something. Now, here's the other part of it. It could also be something that's not a game. And so what I mean by this is that in the past, when it was the Wii U era, but Nintendo, sorry, I tell this answer. Nintendo announced the NES Classic and the SNES Classics in July when they were having a down year with the Wii U. This could be the Game Boy Classic. This could be the Nintendo N64 Classic, if those are true things and exist. I would say that was what also put it in that September time frame. I don't. I, I don't necessarily. I. I don't believe that. That's what it is. But what I'm saying is, it could be more than just. It could be. It could not. It might not just be a game. I thought there was an article somewhere in regards to the classics uh, not Ni- being a thing anymore because Nintendo of Switch doing so well. Nintendo essentially said that Nintendo was like, "Sure, we're good, yeah. right? Like we're not going to do that all the time. You don't need to ask about it." Um, they did it. They did it in the sake of the Wii U because the Wii U was struggling. Right. Right. Now, Which they is this- why I'm thinking that the this Nintendo Switch Online stuff, the big announcement there would be the next. Even though they haven't done a lot of Nintendo Switch or excuse me, Super Nintendo releases, they need to do more of that. Maybe there's some announcement behind that, but yeah. Maybe the next evolution is a, a the Game Boy Collection or you know the next system or whatever. So I, I fully believe that when Nintendo finally has their actual direct, we will have gone through what I have called the drought to just being like drowning uh, in okay. content. I think I think from them, Jesse. What do you got? Uh, don't have anything. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> All right. I love it. All right, so that actually kind of falls into our next component. And the president also mentioned, Nintendo president also mentions about Nintendo Directs. We feel Nintendo Directs, and this is very important, Nintendo Directs are an incredibly effective way to present information directly to our our consumers in a very straightforward way. Inversely, times change, and so do the most effective ways to promote products. 
So there's a chance that a new, better way to present this information comes about. So we always like to examine all the possible ways to communicate this information to customers. It'd be interesting Good job, to see Dan. What he's got Good in job mind. guessing. <laughs> Especially since how how many other companies now, including Sony, are ripping off the direct format? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I, yes. So let me let me say this. I think this. Yeah, you know, I talked about this a while ago. I said, is it the fact that everybody's copying the direct that they now say I don't want to do the direct? Like Devolver Digital, like here, I'm going to spoil a little bit of a, of a news bullet here. Devolver Digital has said that they are having a direct on on Saturday, July 11th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you look at their title card, I swear to God, it looks like Nintendo actually made the title card for them. Right? <laughs> everybody, everybody has picked up on this methodology, is applying it, and now it doesn't become special. And I think Nintendo has to pivot. I I think there's a couple things. I think that they could do this whole, hey, here's a tweet, here's a link to a YouTube thing. I think that the change in the Nintendo Ambassador program might have something to do with this. And there's that, and there's also, I think, well, let me ask you guys this. Did you watch the uh, um, Smash Brothers one that, um, what's his name did? Um, the the director of the Smash Brothers. Oh, Sakurai. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he did that yep. one, uh, how it was in his home. It was just mm-hmm. him, the creator. You know, it wasn't necessarily directish, even the directish type. It was, it was, but it was still the same formats that he had done before. Done just, before. just happened to have been in his home this time. But that's which, what I mean. Is more and more. I mean, he's done that, and obviously they had to do it at home. If people are liking how that's done, do you think that's a possibility of doing it that way going forward where it's not so much uh, here's a dump of all what we're working on or coming out in the next few months? And maybe they still do it, like he said. Yeah. You know, Maybe there's still one that goes with what you were saying, Justin, about here's what we got planned for the end of the year in a direct. Yeah. But then throughout the year, there's those single game ones still. And I know they've done that in the past, but there's just yeah. single game ones that that are more folk, like treehouse focused in mm-hmm. a way, you know, I, like, like treehouse stuff. I have a theory. Follow me on crazy town, right? Okay. And feel free to tell me when to get off crazy town. But <laughs> today Ubisoft revealed hyperscale. This is their battle Royale, Neo cyberpunk game. And what they did was head over to Twitch and watch the information about it. So they have provided early access to a bunch of streamers and said, here you go, play it and go around and take a watch of it and have people join in. And this is actually the same thing that happened to Apex Legends back in 2019. And I know you're saying, Justin, honest to God, get off the Apex Legends train. (laughs) All right. But this is exactly what happened. It shadow dropped. But what happened was a bunch of streamers got early access to it and they said, come watch my channel. Come watch my channel. Come watch my channel and you'll see this new game. What if Nintendo uses the brand ambassador program, weeds out the ones they don't necessarily want, and focuses on a very specific few and says, you are now our channels of influence. And what I mean by that is, could you imagine Roger, good friend of our show, Roger's a great example of this, puts out a tweet, join me at 9 a.m. 
Friday for a brand new reveal of a Nintendo game coming th- next month. And everyone's like, what? Right. And Nintendo promotes it. What? And it's, they have early access, the, the beta key to it, whatever it is. And they're showing it and you're watching it. And it's that live reaction, live let's play through the system. Now it doesn't answer like about, cause Nintendo directs you the like, Here's five games in like 30 seconds, right? It doesn't resolve that. You could still use Twitter for those things, but like the big tent poles or big games that you really want to promote that maybe you've got a, like a developer who's helping with, maybe you've got a special relationship with a third party. There you go, right? You're using social channels or influencer channels to maybe catch a little bit differently. I'm going to talk, stop talking and let me, t- let me ask you, do you think I'm crazy? Also chat, let me know. Do you guys think I'm nuts? Is this a crazy idea? Go. I think where do we sign up to get on that list essentially <laughs> so we can help you know promote stuff but that we always thought you were crazy yeah here's how we do it uh if you have tw- if you have tw- amazon product please subscribe to Twitch. <laughs> right yeah we need to get that, <laughs> build that base so but um I, I like the idea and since it's been done and it's building up maybe that is what nintendo's doing um so I don't, I don't think you're on a crazy train. I think it's a good way to look at it, but I am trying to look at it as well. Where isn't, does Nintendo, obviously Nintendo, I hope is looking at data, which we think that we, they do because we see some of that data, uh, come out every now and then in their information. But the data that says how many of our gamers are also uh, watch the streams watch that kind of stuff either on YouTube or Twitch or whatever else. Um, and do we, is that where our marketing is going to go? Obviously their marketing is going to be spread out to, to reach all different areas, but there's a marketing for those people who are always going to be on Twitch is going to be marketing for those who are in the Twitter stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see a few people groaning like, oh, I don't want to go to Twitch. I don't use Twitch. I don't want to watch that kind of stuff there or go to YouTube. I don't, I'm, while I'm working, it could happen in the middle of a day, you know, Mm -hmm. type of thing. So unless they do do it later on night or on a Saturday or something, but still it's like, uh, what we saw some comments about the Ubisoft, not Ubisoft one, the, uh, Devolver one. They're doing theirs on a Saturday, right? Mm -hmm. Some people were already talking about, I think Nick was one of them. Uh, from our dad crossing show, he was mentioning how that's on a Saturday. I'm not going to stop what I do with my family on a Saturday just to watch yeah. something about video games. So for us as dads, as families, how does that work for us as opposed to the 20 somethings who maybe not have to worry about that kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, well, I think so. it's, I think it's the same solution or the same problem that you'd have now, Tim, right? Like if you're at work and a Nintendo direct drops or they, and they've done those things before, yeah. Right. You just, you're just like, later. you're just like, all right, I just gonna have to watch it later. But right? I think that's FOMO thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so I think, I think that's, I think that kind of solves, solves that. You just have to, you just have to watch, you just have to catch the information later. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think, I, I think that I like that idea and I think it would work well with like online competitive games like Pokemon Unite, Ninjala, uh, Splatoon, Arms, et cetera. But, you know, for something that's more single player focused, like a new Mario or a new Zelda, or a Metroid, I don't think that would work as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I couldn't imagine they're like, all right, awesome, guys, let's watch Xenoblade. And you're like, oh, <laughs> more turtles for Marty. 
Right. Like it's just, it's just, uh, that's not a great idea. So I, I, I do think that there's, I do think that there's some, I hear some wiggle room. It'll be very interesting to see what they end up doing. Uh, judging by the statement, I think they're looking to pivot. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think it goes along with what, uh, Dan, another member of her, uh, dad crossing show has been predicting since February, I think mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe even the la- early la- or late last year where he was saying he thinks Nintendo is pivoting. Uh, we just didn't see it yet, obviously because of COVID maybe slowed things down. So, um, and also goes along with what I've been predicting that there's something up Nintendo's sleeve that maybe it's part of that. Cause I've, I've been feeling since the beginning of the year or since not the beginning of the year, but ever since, the direct slowed down and we were waiting for something at the beginning of the year, January, February, and uh, we weren't getting anything. It just more and more, I kept feeling that there was something big going to happen and COVID slowed it down. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but at the same time, I'm just like a lot of other fans who are like, Hey, I want more information. I want to know what I'm going Mm -hmm. to be buying in the fourth quarter, you know, (laughs) this year. So I want to know what my favorite company or publisher is doing. So got a lot of passionate people doing that. Andrew from Nintendo Pals podcast asks, given the long drought with no directs and recent shadow drops like Paper Mario, it seems Nintendo is experimenting with different marketing and communication strategies. So my question is, if you ran Nintendo's marketing, <laughs> how would you, you do there. it? How would you do it? I, 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 I'll jump in this first because I threw it at you. I, I think I think you go back to the direct. I, and I, I think you also lean into these ideas as influences, kind of pitch I did there before. Um, yeah. Yeah, I hope they don't 100% do away with the directs. You know, I understand, you know, lim- reducing them and doing other things. That's fine. But, you know, I think the directs have been effective and people get, you know, they, even though they only give like a 24-hour notice if we're lucky, you know, they, they generate hype really quick and a lot of disappointment afterwards for people not seeing what they want. But that's half the fun of this. I'm going cha- to cha- change my answer. I'm going to say they have a standing monthly communications show. Like second minute, but better. Yeah. But a lot better. (laughs) So it's like every Tuesday, every, every two, the second Tuesday of every single month, we release a what's coming up this month that you need to be aware of or what's coming up in the next two months. Do you know what I mean? So they're like in, in September, here are the things we're promoting. Bah, 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 bah. By the way, here's an update. Bah, 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 bam. And that's it. And it's like, it's like a monthly standing event. Every time you don't, you, you know, just to tune in for it. It's not like they don't already have platforms like a podcast Correct. and a YouTube Correct. channel. <laughs> Fireside chat. There you go. Yeah. Fireside chat. I like that solo something. Well, you were talking about how, or we were just talking about how possibly using the content creators to do stuff, right? Content creators have already, been, like us, have already been taking that information when they go to announce that there's a Nintendo Direct coming. And if it's like a week ahead of time, if we get it during the, the show before the, sh- the Direct, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. So we're already building hype for that. And then after we watch it and have it and do a show about it, 
uh, we're building up, you know, what we're seeing, what's coming and whatever. So there's hype being built around a direct, which I think this is another important reason why you should, they should still do directs maybe two yeah. or three times a year. Um, cause one, I'm guessing they would still have that direct presentation for E3 or E3 like event. And then they always like to do something later on, um, for the end of the year, what's going on there. And then potentially, you know, in January or February, do another one to say, Hey, this is what we got coming up for the spring. So I still think those are still good, but there could be that something. Maybe it's quarterly. We don't even know. Yeah. Maybe it's a new thing. Yeah. I like it. Hmm. Yeah. I see a lot of good. I see a lot of good stuff here coming in the chat. Third, a third strongest mole lava side chat with Bowser. Uh, super <laughs> fast. I really hope it doesn't come out as a podcast. LOL. Thank you very much. Uh, one, th- w- one must calculate though. The amount of hype built must equal the quality of the delivery or the mob, fo- uh, mob follows. That is right. Right. And I think that is a problem. And solo something great point. I do think that is the problem that Nintendo has got themselves into for not having a real direct, an actual mainstream, actual direct in 2020. When that one comes, the expectation meter is like up here. It is going to pop off. And unfortunately, there's no way that Nintendo is going to be able to meet that expectation, right? It's all, this is the same thing as like Pokemon's like, hey guys, three, and that didn't happen. Yeah, Pokemon's like, hey guys, come back next week. We got something really cool, and everyone's like, oh my god, it's Pokemon. Let's go, Johto! Ah! Right, and they show up, and it's like, hey, we have a MOBA, and it's Pokemon. Aren't you excited? A, a, a MOBA from you're Tencent. Like, so yeah, you're yeah. like. No, that is not what we expected at all. But in, but but again, this is the problem of a little bit of problem of like fanboy culture, internet culture. There's a whole bunch of other problems in that. That is not the fault of Pokemon Company or Nintendo, but the reality of what the situation is. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right. I'm ranting. I apologize. We're going to move on, shall we? Sounds good to me. Let's talk about, talk about a couple other things happening. I did say, guys, there wasn't a lot of news, but a couple things you need to be aware of. Uh, some game announcements to make sure that on your docket. Uh, Tim, what's on our game announcements? Well, we've got a few games here that were expected and unexpected. So expected. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2, July 10th is coming. Uh, a lot of people looking for that because Curse of the Moon was uh, probably most people's favorite over the actual Bloodstained uh, game, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ritual of the Moon Night. So, uh, uh, so a lot of people are looking forward to the second one of that. Uh, Azure Strike Gun Vault 3 was announced to be in, de- in development. And that was two, I think, was on uh, one of the launch titles. For the switch so i'm sure a lot of people look forward to that and justin you said you played one of the azure strike Gumballs, i believe right? i played one and two actually i think okay. i played them on the 3ds i know i played i know i played one on the 3ds i believe i played two on the 3ds cool uh crisis remastered is in the eShop, listed as being released as july 23rd uh and then we actually got announcement for new wii and wii u games coming this summer <laughs> Shakedown Hawaii is coming out on the Wii and Wii U, which is, uh, I guess, the Wii U version will launch on Thursday, July 9th at 10 a.m. Pacific time or 1 p.m. Eastern time or 6 p.m. UK for $30 USD. 
and it's listed as limited 3,000 copies. Uh, And if you subscribe to vblank.com email notifications, you'll be able to get that for those physical owners, I believe. Uh, But because of, I guess, issues I read into this, uh, issues with developing for the Wii, and this is the Wii and Nintendo Europe version only, I guess, that you can get the physical copy for. Yeah, uh, the Wii is a region lock system. Yes. So, so importers be in order to do an uh, Amer- Nintendo of America version, he had to create a Wii U version, which will be out in August, and there'll be more details to come about that. And there'll also be a Steam version as well. Now, Shakedown so. Hawaii is available on the Nintendo Switch. It came out in May of 2019. Yes. Uh, I did a Let's Play for it, I believe. Um, I thought it was okay. It was okay. It was also available on the Nintendo 3DS as well. So it sounds like they're really trying to get this out on every system. He likes the challenge from what I read and I uh, when I was reading the developer notes or the notes about this. He likes the challenge to see what he could do, what, what it'll take to get that game to run on these type of systems. And he saw he was able to do it. So what the Wii it. is, can we crunch the game small enough to fit? Well, I yes. guess if it's on a disc, it doesn't matter because it's not WiiWare because that's dead. <laughs> so I, I guess, was very fascinating. So I guess, I guess they have a nine gig limit, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then uh, also Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition Light will be coming out, and it's similar to the demo of Clubhouse Games. Uh, this lets people connect to a game hosted by someone who has purchased the full game. So getting more of those down DS download type play games that we've seen in the past. Players can play first three dungeons for free with this uh, download light edition, uh, single or multiplayer. Uh, any save states from the light version will carry over to the paid version, and it releases August 27th, 2020. And one other note that I didn't put down in here that I forgot to put down is it's not only going to be on the Switch, but it'll also be on PlayStation and mobile devices and is cross-play compatible. Okay, I did not so, hear it was cross-platform, so that's cool. Yes. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then we already talked about the Animal Crossing update. So Yep. Animal Crossing update. Uh, Game Informer writes, this is our next quick news item. We've got a couple more, and then we're going to jump into some, some hot questions. Um, so Game Informer writes, the Atari VCS units to Indiegogo backers will be shipped in October uh jesse this is what you picked up right yes and you're excited about this i am kind of concerned now but i was excited for it when it was when it was uh during the the campaign but uh with all the delays and just getting more information about amico than than vcs so i'm kind of i'm still looking forward to getting it and i'm planning on doing unboxing of both systems and some some, and other let's play videos for on both, but uh, my excite my my hype level for the VCS is less than what it was two years ago, because this was originally supposed to be released like last spring, and then it's just yeah. been delayed at least three times. Yeah, exactly. And now both systems are scheduled to be released sometime in October, so it's like a literal race now. Who who reaches my door first? I like it. I like it. So, uh, guys, keep up to date with the Atari News Minute with Jesse. It's going to be his newest <laughs> and latest podcast series where he just talks about the Atari and what's happening with it. Uh, we mentioned before, Devolver Digital has a direct coming up on Jan- or, sorry, Saturday, uh, July 11th 
Jesse, could you be so kind as to pull up? I believe we have another conference coming up right away. And Ubisoft, I believe, is July 12th. We have something like a calendar, I think. Bear with me uh, one second. 12th or are, 17th. 12th or 17th. I can't remember. There is a lot of content. I suspect Ubisoft. We're going we're gonna to have a conversation. Yeah, there's an Ubisoft week. forward at 3 o'clock Eastern on the 12th. 12th, yes. Yeah, so the day after Devolver. So next week, folks, next week, we're going to spend our theory talking about, hey, what might Ubisoft be showing that might have something to do with Nintendo? Uh, spoiler alert, Hyperscale, the game they showed today, not currently for the Nintendo Switch. Boo. Also, watching it run, not a shock. All right. Uh, and our last kind of commentary, uh, I don't have much more on it. Uh, Evo 2020 or Evo Online 2020, 2020 has been canceled. You can quickly Google why, but essentially, people suck. That's why. Yeah, I'm yeah. I, I don't know the details, and I really, I kind of don't want to know the details. I just know yeah. someone did something, and it caused the game publish the, the game, the games themselves to withdraw from the event to the point where the event didn't have games left to play, so they had to cancel the entire event. Yeah, I think uh, I think as we, you know, if you have been paying attention to the video game industry uh, over the last week, over the last two weeks. A lot of stuff has come out about uh, companies, individuals, um, perhaps streamers that you're a fan of, um, that I would say people suck. Um, and just be good to people, right? Just be a decent, good person. Um, that would be awesome. And we should not need to have that lecture in 2020. But I think if anything, 2020 has showed us that. Um, and, and we need to be better for, for everyone. Um, speaking of people being... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but maybe this will be a good time for, uh, um, I forget what you called it in the past, but you did like a, a, a dad talk type thing. Oh. Video. Maybe it's time for another one of maybe those. Yeah, another, another dad talk video another about, dad, uh, dad talk, about why yes. you shouldn't be a jerk. Yes. It's a I good think point. it's time for another one of those. Okay. All right. <laughs> Such a video is a timeless video. Yeah. Nothing like getting scolded by a 40-year-old gentleman. It seems to make sense, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of cancellations, I do want to throw a couple things that also out there that are not on the docket, but are on the old noodle here, folks. PAX West has been, the live show has been officially canceled. They are moving to a digital event or a digital conference, um, which I believe is I believe is free. I believe. You have to double check that. So you can attend. You can get tickets. It's a weekend event, uh, so check that out. PAX West has gone digital, so it's PAX Online. Uh, EGX, one of my favorite events when I was living over in Ireland, was to go over to EGX. I got to hang out with Gary and uh, and some of those lads, the guys from Switch Island, have an awesome time. This is a big, huge event uh, for for that t- or for um, for Europe. Has also been canceled. They are now. I think they're going online as well. And I think we recently heard that Gamescom has been canceled, but they are going to actually be going digitally. They're going to do like a Gamescom, Gamescom digital. So some of these, again, massive uh, gaming events that people came to, not a shock, have now decided to not have the event in person and to go digital. What this means for the future of, of you know, when people can come back together, will we see PAX come back? Will we see EGX come back? Don't know. It's very tough to say. If you have the opportunity to attend these events digitally, carve them out of your calendar. I think some of them are either you can get a digital ticket for like 20 bucks or, or it's free. Just such an awesome opportunity. Obviously, it's not the same experience, but you get a chance. 
do attend if possible as well. I'm very much thinking about trying to attend the PAX West um, virtual one. So, whoo, whoo, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, doing all right. You doing okay there, Tim? I'm doing great. Good. MSL asks, MSL asks in the chat, so doing okay, Tim? <laughs> doing okay. Yes. How are you? How are you doing? You doing okay? I'm, I'm doing well. Pretty Thank good. you for asking. I feel like Was I've Canada Day pretty good for you? I ate a lot of poutine. Like legitimately, I ate a lot of poutine. We had a poutine <laughs> bar, um, like a kind of a buffet where we just made like a bunch of fries. Nice. And we made some gravy and then a bunch of cheese and a bunch of other toppings. And you kind of threw it on there. And that was kind of our meal. Jesse, but I'm, I'm kind of upset he didn't invite us to this, you know. To this yeah, thing. well, it, you're not even allowed to get across the border, so uh, I can invite you all you want. <laughs> all we got to do is tell him I'm going to Alaska, like you said. Right, <laughs> I know, I know, right? And then, um, yeah, so I had, uh, I was very full this morning still. My wife also made homemade, um, homemade butter tarts, which are amazing, and then homemade Nanaimo bars, which uh, no had, idea what those uh, are. Bailey's in it, which uh, I don't even know where to start with you. Disgusted. Um, I am so disgusted that we weren't invited to this. Jesse. I know it I'm was, so... it was good. Um, <laughs> lots of Mayo. No fried cheese. Yeah. Poutine is fried cheese curds with gravy. Yes. On fries, fries, cheese curd and gravy. It's a, it's a delicious thing. It is um, very delicious. Yeah. I always so get, I always get that when I go to the mall in Windsor. Yeah, I mean it's it was it was good, right? So there's actually a fries place there where in the mall where you can get poutine. Oh no, like almost every Canadian fast food place, it's on our menu. Yes. Yeah. Solo says, as a healthcare worker, I will not ruin the fun. (laughs) No, that's fair. Again, Solo. Yes. Canadian health Canadian healthcare system. What do I got to worry about? You (laughs) know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Just hook me up and take the gravy out of my blood. Let's go. Yeah. So. Yes. Uh, I had them all over Edmonton. Very true. Not. Yeah. It's awesome. You're Maple close to my mooses. There has to be a place in New York to get in NYC to get poutine. Oh, there have to be. Have to be. Nothing but love for you guys. Oh, thank you. You guys are so kind. Appreciate that. Oh. All right. We're going to jump into this. Tim. 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 You asked a question yes. last week. I wasn't here. I wasn't here either. Those <laughs> were here, but there's a question you asked. I put it in the notes because I knew I wasn't going to be here. This is a follow-up <laughs> from last week's question. Uh, yes. If there was a Nintendo Dad's video game Hall of Fame, which there should be, what first six games would be inducted, one for each dad and from a special guest? Tim. Yes. And this you is have, where Jess, Jesse usually plays a Let's Discuss music, right? That's a good point. If, if he had a Let's Discuss <laughs> button. You know, the problem was I scrolled through the page and I just, it was the, the last, Let's Discuss is the last line there. And I just kept yes. going. Yes. I was also drunk you're on just, the idea. You're of on a roll. Yep. I feel like I talk way too much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, yes, that is a question I threw out there because of the 2020 World Video Game Hall of Fame stuff that was brought up uh, last week. And I thought, and I think we talked about this before, about doing a Nintendo Dad's Video Game Hall of Fame thing. Yeah. But well, I, th- I, think- I think, and again, that's why we have Patreon is because we're actually, we've, you know, we've got a lot of land that we have now bought with our Patreon money. We're building an actual building. Right. And, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. And that's, again... Yeah. <laughs> 
If you have Amazon exactly. Prime, you have Twitch Prime. Subscribe to help <laughs> us build a Nintendo Dad's Museum. The Come on, people. We, the reason why we haven't built it is because we're constantly arguing about whether it should be in the U.S. or in Canada. So, <laughs> and and Gary's like, no, guys, we should have it over here in England. Come on, chaps, let's go. Chip, 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 chip. And I was like, I don't know. We could always find a spot that's you know right on the border. Bermuda. We should go to Bermuda. That feels like oh. Also, I'm sure there's some tax laws we can avoid. Sounds like a whole bunch of bad ideas, but okay. (laughs) So, but yes, it was in regards to that, and I think you know we could potentially do something on our website. Sorry, where we could put these things we decide to do, or actually put a vote on it. But for fun, for now, Nintendo Dad's Video Game Hall of Fame. What would be your first six? to be inducted and one for each Nintendo dad and any guests that we have. And it could be one of those things that we do where we build a list from the guests and they, you know, they can add one every time or whatever. We, we figure out the details later, but we got Jesse's, which was Donkey Kong's 1981. Marty's was Mega Man two. Um, and Roger was our guest. He put in super Metroid. I also, and what you guys talked about last week, I put in and they said Legend of Zelda, a link to the past for Super Nintendo NES. I didn't put the reason why. The reason why for me is it was the next evolution of the Zelda games. Uh, so I felt that should be the first inductee into the Nintendo Dad's Video Game Hall of Fame from my point of view. Could be some bias too, because it was the first Zelda game I ever beat. <laughs> so, and it's also on a system I I really like, and you know I have nostalgia for. So, um, but who cares? My vote is for that. So, <laughs> so I threw that into the ring. I still would love to hear what Gary has to say, but I don't think he's had the chance to respond yet. So, no. All right. So, what would be my answer? What do you guys think my answer is? Oh, chat play along. <laughs> I'm trying to think what you like. Um, Donkey, Kong Donkey Kong. Yeah, DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DKR might be one. Someone yeah, Garfield cart. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you got the Donkey Kong character, so I figured it would have to. You have something to do with Donkey Kong. Yeah. So I think that that was probably my gut. Like when I first heard this, I was like Donkey Kong Country. And then I sat and this entire week, Tim, I sat in my office just like this for 24 hours straight every day. That makes for good audio. It It really did. I was like, that is sucky audio. Um, (laughs) And I thought about it. And I think although Donkey Kong Country would definitely be there, I think for me, maybe the next, the, maybe the next ballot, maybe yeah. it sounds like, okay. It would be Super Mario 2. Okay. Because I think that Super Mario 2, A, I have emotional connection. We've talked about this before, but Super Mario 2 was such an odd game, right? In the, in the series. Uh, it I'm was presuming you mean Doki, Do- uh, Doki Doki Panic slash Super Mario USA. Correct. Super okay. Mario USA Doki Doki Panic, right? How that game come to, came to fruition, what happened, why it occurred that way, how it is such an odd game comparatively to everything else in the series, right? Because then you look at Super Mario 3 and like Super Mario 3 like corrects the ship and basically then we go in 
to every other Super Mario game after that, and it's like brilliant, right? And and we have the introduction of some of the um, attributes of characters like Luigi, who before Super Mario Two didn't have a didn't have a different jump, right? You got these things. You got the introduction of Toad as a playable character. You got the introduction of Princess Peach as a playable character with her kind of like flutter, right? So some of the attributes that we that we that we nowadays easily associate with the characters came from that game because of the skin that they put on top of it, right? So there were these changes, and so it became such a fundamentally important game and such an odd game, also because it was it was designed specifically for an audience because it was the original Lost Levels was too hard for the American audience, so they had to go find another. Like it's such it is such an interesting game in regards to kind of the path that found itself there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's a good That's pick. I like that one. That's a good, uh, I can see us building the, uh, the section in our hall of fame for that, that would have that whole story documentary behind that game and stuff like that. I could see that. That's go. really cool. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I always thought it was funny that when, when our version of Mario 2 was released in Japan, they named it Super Mario USA. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's All even right. a story behind that, too, isn't there? When they, because they weren't going to bring that version over, were they? Weren't they? I don't know. When, uh, I, I think, I think they got it for the first time the same, the same time we got Lost Levels for the first time during the, okay. yeah, the Super Nintendo collection. The All Stars, All Stars, yeah, Super okay, Mario All yes. Stars. Nice, um, great question, Tim. Thank you, I appreciate that. I want to. Sure. I want. We should. We should build what our digital Hall of Fame looks like. How do we yes. build? If we build that. We build that on our website, and then people can like walk in a door and it opens. It's like. Yeah, I don't have the developer skills for that. So come on, Tim, you're <laughs> killing me here. You're killing me. Come on, I don't have the developer to. skills for that, and I've been a developer for 25 years. <laughs> This is this is why we can't move forward with any of these things. It's why I have to look for brick and mortar building for us folks. If, for if actual... I do one, it's going to look like a 1990s internet page. If I do one, so that might also be amazing. <laughs> amazing. Hey guys, let's speaking of amazing, let's talk about what we've been playing. Mr. Waldeck, let's go to you first, sir. What have you been playing? Here, I, here, I thought John was behind me or something, the way you said that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I see, I see. Yes. But, so I'm glad you finished that last name. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. So I played through Shantae and the Seven Sirens. Mm. It's a relatively short game, relatively easy game, but for what I wanted out of it, that's exactly what I wanted out of it. I didn't want a game that was... You know, like Donkey Kong Returns level of difficulty, and and I've played all the previous Shantae games. I haven't ever finished any up until Half Genie Hero was the first game I actually finished, and I thought Half Genie Hero was more platformy than Metroidvania, so I forgot the game kind of had Metroidvania roots. Mm. This game is a Metroidvania. It, it's you, you can see the map being drawn as you play, and you un. There are certain areas locked off until you get abilities of just like that. And I, I enjoyed it. I'm going to add I, this I, to my wish list. Yeah, I, I played the game. It, I beat it in under 10 hours with a 76% completion. And they have like achievements for 
finishing it like in 100% item collection and fast and, and ultra fast. I don't know what time frames you need to get those. And then finishing it gives unlocks a new game plus that where instead of Shantae in her normal outfit, she's more in like a coconut bra hula skirt type of outfit sure. for, for the entire game. Apparently it's lower defense and there's another stat changed. I forget what it was. So it's it's a, it's a harder game. Not nothing carries over like a traditional game new game plus. So everything has to be reacquired. But uh, if if so if if you like Metroidvanias, especially kind of more relaxing ones, you know I did have a game over. It's not completely brain dead, uh, but uh, it definitely was is on the easier side. Uh, I I heard. I forget which podcast said it, but I think the being on Apple Arcade kind of sure. dumbed it down. I don't want to use that word, but I want to use that word yeah. uh, a little. You know, Probably made it, the controllers a little bit easier, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. play it on the Apple Arcade. I never, I never subscribed to that because uh, the game gives you plenty of ways to heal up. You know, food's dropping all the time. And you can collect, I think you can collect up to nine each of six different foods, not including potions you can buy. And so, you know, I, I burned through a lot of food in the last levels, but I was still able to do it with, hmm. without any problems. Nice. But, cool. Uh, that's, if, did you play the other ones before? Uh, that's on, well, I see them on the Switch and I think they might have been on other systems, but I see Pirate's Curse and Genie Hero as well. Or have you I, played those as well? I, I, Played Pirate's Curse on the 3DS, didn't finish it. I got near the end game. Okay. Uh, I, I played Half Genie Hero on the Wii U. I, th- I think I, I backed that game. That was a Kickstarter. And, okay. and did, I did finish that. And I, and I did play the first two games as well. The first one was on the Game Boy Color, the second, which had a virtual console release on the 3DS. Okay. And, uh, the second was a DSiWare game initially. Um, oh. I think people, generally are saying that Pirate's Curse is the best game. Okay. Because it does th- those three are on the Switch, as I was wondering. And using okay. Metroidvania, is always, I'm always liking those type of games. So. Yeah, again, I never finished Pirate's Curse because the, the, the end got hard. You, okay. You, in Pirate's Curse, Shantae loses her magic, so her abilities come from finding pieces of Risky Boots' items. Mm, so like mm. her hat helps you float boots help you jump or some weird combination of things and near the end you've got to juggle items like mid jump in order to make certain things and I was not able to do it on the 3DS maybe on a better controller I might have a better luck and where the screen isn't shaking around as I'm using the (laughs) controller but uh, that I've never I've never gone back and tried to play it again alright thanks cool all right. Um, and again, that was Shantae and the Seven Sirens. Uh, Tim, what have you been playing, sir? Well, like you, I haven't been on for the past two weeks, so I've got to, I got a lot. Should I go through them all? <laughs> uh, Don't worry, I, I'll be quick about it. Okay, so. major on the majors, minor on the minors. Yes. So I, I didn't spend a lot of time with a lot of these because it was like a download and play a little bit type of thing on some of these. So I shouldn't be spending too much time on it. But Fortnite had the new season launch. So I downloaded that, played a little bit with my kids. 
and I do like the new format of how they do things in Fortnite uh, with Fortnite with uh, some of the um, tasks that you can do with the challenges and things like that. So I'm looking forward to that. I actually bought the uh, pass for this one because it just seemed interesting. So, but I, I haven't been able to jump into it a lot more since I bought it and played a little bit of it. So I'm hoping to get into that again. There's just a lot more. You know, I know Nintendo's not been releasing much, but man, there seems like there's a lot still. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but, and then uh, I played Klaus, which is something uh, that we have a video out for and really enjoyed the platforming in that game. Uh, uh, and it's spelled K-L-A-U-S in case anybody is looking for it on uh, on the eShop. It's so... Uh, it's again, it's platforming and it's very fourth wall breaking, um, type of game. And basically your Klaus falls into this basement of this corporate building. It seems like, and you're trying to traverse your way through it using platforming elements, but he knows there's somebody there helping them. And that somebody is you. Um, and then there's also some bits where he's trying to get some of his memory back because he has amnesia. So just kind of a quick synopsis of that but uh again go check out the video of that if you're interested in seeing what that gameplay was like uh it was a first impressions or let's play one of those uh but i liked what i got to play where the story was going so far in that one so i hope to get back into that one as well uh star wars racer i downloaded that one and played a lot of that until i actually ran into a problem what i thought was the game but it was not it was not the game causing my joy cons to stop working Oh, no. So that was a very interesting situation where it's, uh, again, these are my day one gray controllers I had. Um, and I ha- and I say had because I I put them to rest. <laughs> because what was happening is when I was in the middle of playing that game and ended up being any other game is the right Joy-Con would just disconnect. Just would just stop. Even though I'm playing handheld mode, it would just that makes stop it hard to working. Play. Yes, right in the middle of a race is when it happened in Star Wars uh, Racer. All of a sudden, my my pod it just goes because the right side is what you use for you know gas essentially, and my and I can't it just slow, started slowing down. I'm like, what's going on? And I thought the reason why I thought it was the game was because it happened immediately when I was done recording some stuff because I was going to try to do a video. Um, I was recording it. And then when I was done recording, I wanted to try to talk when I was going to do the talking piece about the game. I was going to talk about it, how it also wasn't handheld. So what I did was I took my Joy-Cons off and I play it. Whenever I play my Joy-Cons, I take them off my Switch whenever I dock it. Because I have these, um, what you call it? I try to explain this because this is a podcast, right? Because I know a lot of people can see it. But I have these grips on my Joy-Cons that I can take off. Once I've got it docked, so they are dockable grips, and then I put it onto a central uh, connection piece so I can still use my Joy-Cons yep. with the grips. Uh, the reason why I do that is because I play mostly in handheld, and I prefer keeping the same button layouts and all that kind of stuff with my Joy-Cons for familiarity. And um, so without switching a lot between, say, a Pro Controller and the Joy-Cons. But anyways... I did that. I was playing with this while I was recording and then wanted to play in handheld. So I took it off of this, put it onto the um, switch. And then that's when it stopped working. 
So I thought it was a glitch with the game. What was that, Jesse? I can't hear Jesse. Oh, yeah, I muted because of typing. So it disconnected while it was physically attached? Yeah, after I attached it to the switch oh, and started what, playing. What I thought it would, when, I, when you said disconnected, I thought it was like Bluetooth disconnection. Yeah, no, this is what that's. Yeah, that's bad. Trying it when it was connected in handheld mode. After I undocked it, connected it that way, just like you see in the videos for why you want to switch, right? I did that so I could try it in handheld mode. And then, you know, I think it was into the second or third lap of the uh, Star Wars Racer uh, track that I was on. That's when it disconnected. I just had to explain that because I, if anybody was following me on Twitter, I had posted to the developer saying, hey, your game just disconnected my Switch Joy-Con. So, but I followed up with that saying, uh, my bad, it wasn't your game. <laughs> I found out it was other games too that was, it was happening on. So anyways, I, was pl- I did end up playing that more because I'm using now, I'm using these Joy-Cons, the yellow ones. And this is what we were talking about earlier justin mm-hmm. when i was talking about buying new ones i bought these back in october i think yep. september and this was starting to get drift recently wow so it's frustrating because you you could think that you know when you're buying the newer ones that you're hoping that they did something to fix it but yeah i bought the purple and orange ones in october and recently i had a, i had a my purple one i thought had drift and I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, didn't see, that's, that's the frustrating like, part, right? It's And mm-hmm. even uh, John Wall from Mega Dads, he mentioned it too, that he had Joy-Con Drift, and I tried to help him with my video. Uh, and he said he tried it. He was still having issues. And he was so frustrated that he felt like he was going to give up on Switch because of the Joy-Cons. Yeah. So that's how frustrated he was with it. Um, so... Sorry, I got off track here. Let me get back That's to my right. list. <laughs> uh, Ninjala, which is how I like to pronounce it, because I like that. That's what I started with. <laughs> or, but if I, because if I say Ninjala, I'm going to start saying Ninjala for anybody who <laughs> used to watch GI Joe and yeah, Obi- yeah, GI Joe that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Ninja Ninjala or Ninjala. Um, I started playing that, but only the single player mode. And uh, I have, for as much as I had fun playing the beta version in multiplayer, I have not had a chance to play the multiplayer yet. Um, Any chance I got to play on my Switch, I was playing other games. So, and I think the other reason why I didn't jump into it is also because my son's Switch Lite, not not for drift issues, had to be sent into Nintendo. Um, so, and, um, I just actually got an email saying they, they're shipping it out. So they actually fixed it pretty quickly or they're sending him a new one, whichever they do. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I think that's another reason why I haven't been playing it because yeah. he was the reason why I got into it in the first place. Yeah. Pre-pandemic when I sent mine in, I, they were repaired and returned because the, some of them had like decals on them and they still had the decals when they were returned. Okay. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what what we get back. But uh, anyways, I think that's the reason why I got it. And Justin, I think you were saying you've been playing it, right? Yeah, I, I've I've been playing it all. So I picked up when it launched. Now I did two things. I did pick up the episodes, like the single player campaign, right? And I picked up the battle pass. Um, I typically, when a free to play comes out, I'll pick up the first battle pass and I'll figure out whether I like it or not. Or, or also, if the battle pass allows you to basically get the next battle pass for free. 
if you can do if they can do that, then I think they have a, a right model. Which looking at the Ninjala Ninjala system, they do have that. And might I add also Ninjala? They put out posts already since the release. So I mean, we're less than two weeks into it. They have it's been downloaded over two million times. Um, the single player, I, I, I'm not super grabbed by it. Like it, it doesn't. I'm like same here. Okay, I'm just running around doing the same actions. <laughs> And I'm not really good at the multiplayer online. Um, I feel like I am. I've done some tweaking of my gear, my outfits, you know, giving them cer- certain different abilities. And I, and I'm, I'm typically coming in five or six, five or six, five or six. I've never come in any higher. I've come in a couple yeah. times at like three, maybe, I think I came in tw- second once. Um, and I'm on like, I think level tier 10 or tier 11 now, my battle pass. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, if that makes sense. And it's, and, I, and and I'm like, I I don't feel like I'm really learning from it. And I feel like I'm just getting destroyed. And now the matches are short, so it's not bad. Yes. Um, but I definitely feel like it's... Um, so... I don't think it's going to grab my attention. Like, I'm going to probably play through the episode. Finish off that episode one or whatever it is. Yeah. I haven't finished it. Get your stuff for it. that. Get my stuff for that. Do my battle pass. But, that, like, I, I don't know. You don't know. I, there's other games that have my attention that I can do better at. I get you. One of the things I'll tell you this, even though I didn't do the multiplayer in the actual release, I did it in the beta, right? I was doing the same thing in the first beta. Um, and I was thankful they did that second beta because the reason why is I learned something during the first beta and that was how to use the parry system, which is that left stick, right? You're using the left stick a lot. When you get into a clash with somebody, you use the left stick. And you basically have to, I'm not sure if it's actually doing the opposite of what they do or not the same or the same. I just know that you have to either push down left, right, or up on the left stick to parry against what the other person is doing. Learning that plus the bubble gum, being able to use the bubble gum to trap your opponent in multiplayer uh, and then do damage to that was also something I had to learn. So between the parry and the bubble gum, learning those two things, going into the second beta, that was my focus. It was like, okay, I'm jumping into the second beta. I'm focusing on making sure I do the parries right and use that gum right. Mm-hmm. And getting used to that helped me get first place, actually, in that second beta a couple times. Okay. Um, and... It was it was actually fun to get that first place. So nice. uh, because you could see you can, you know, you see your rankings going and all that kind of stuff. And then I got a lot of uh, iPods mm-hmm. uh, in that. So uh, in that particular one, and that's why I was able to jump to first place because I got mm-hmm. the I was tied or or actually got the highest amount of iPods in there. So yeah, or iPhones. Um, so do those two things if you haven't learned that. Try to go into the game and just focus on those. You maybe not get first place the first couple of times, but if you see yourself increasing on the leaderboards because you're starting to get used to that left button and the gum, using using the gum for your defenses and also to improve on your weapon, I think that is mm. something that will help you a lot. Okay. Yeah, like it's and the thing I do like about it, and very much like Splatoon esque, the matches are short. Do you know what I mean? Like you're like, okay, it's done yes. in three minutes. Like, and you can definitely tell there's a lot of inspiration there. Um, but I also find the controls just feel a little bit off for me at times. So maybe I have to do some tweaking my controllers as well. Um, 
Could be the weapon too. I don't know what. Weapon yeah, and I have I have swapped around some weapons a couple times. Every time I feel like I'm like, oh, this would be a really good weapon, and then like the next person just like cracks me, like, yeah, it's not a good weapon for me at all. <laughs> the drill so is my favorite. That was my favorite. Yeah. So I'm kind of like forcing myself. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to come in today. I'm going to play like three or four matches, try and get better, try and get better, and then and then bugger off. So, um, in relation to their monetization model, right? So you've got the single player option, obviously, and then you've got the battle pass. The battle pass thing, I, I no issues with that. I think that's fine. Right? They have to monetize some way. Again, that's the same price you pay for Battle Pass in Fortnite. You can earn all the chips or the credits that you need to buy your Battle Pass next time for free, right? So I think those are all those are all good strategies for free-to-play games that work really effectively to keep people in. And then I think like the single-player campaign part, the fact that it was like six bucks to start off with, like that's not bad. I have no issues with that. You should see like what episode two, episode three is, but I will tell you that doesn't grab me. Like I'm not, I'm like like the next time. Say the single player campaign comes up, I'm not gonna pick it up. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep doing the I'm gonna keep using the free my free battle pass. Yeah. Um and then eventually one time when I don't get free, I'm not gonna get the free battle pass next time. I'm just gonna keep playing Ninjala online as is. Um I think but that's I what they want this, too, right? They do want the monetization model. I think it's different right. though. It's very interesting. But at the I think same the time story like, mode. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, it's funny because people are like, oh, I can't believe they did this. If you actually think about it, Fortnite did this, but actually in two separate ways, right? You have Fortnite Battle Royale, right? Where you can get your battle pass and that's that. There's also a single player campaign mode called Save the World. And you can buy that game completely free. It's in the Fortnite universe. They're not interconnected. There isn't like one hub where you said Save the World or Battle Royale. That version isn't on the Switch yet though, right? No, it's not on the Switch yet. I've been wanting it to come. But like that's that's a great example of like th- those two things. That's just actually right. the same model that Fortnite's using, and you know, it's fine. Yeah. Right now, the now the other thing I would say though is Fortnite's methodology is it's not chapter based. It's like hey, it's twenty or thirty bucks, whatever, for Save the World, and you've got it, and it's a full game. Not like this piecemeal of five dollars, five dollars, five dollars until you've paid all of a sudden now it's a sixty or seventy dollar game. So yeah, I almost felt like the the. Maybe why I wasn't wasn't grabbing me is because I played the beta and then the story mode felt like it was a tutorial, basically, mm, like yeah, teaching me point. how to do the things and get through the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the story wasn't grabbing me, but it, maybe because I was too stuck on, well, it's teaching me all these things I already played and learned in the beta. So yeah. I was getting frustrated and just wanted to keep going and actually. And maybe that's why I need to maybe just back away from it, but. I do like the fact that they give you some things that you can use in multiplayer at the end when you, you know, if you achieve gold and all the, the, um, I don't know if they were chapters within the chapter or whatever, but, uh, um, each level within the chapter or what you got, there's the prologue and chapter one, chapter two, chapter three in the season or whatever they call yep. it when you buy it in the story. Um, you get through all of them and if you get gold or the highest medal, then you get the, you get all the extra things that you can apply to your character yeah. in the multiplayer. So I do like that aspect, but I think they need to improve on that a little bit more, especially yeah. when you're paying six bucks. Yeah. Di- like financially, I understand what they're doing and it, and it kind of logically makes sense. But I think when you look at it from the offset, it looks a little bit, a little bit, huh? Like I think, I think whenever someone says, Oh, it's a free to play game. It's not a free to play game. They're going to get you somewhere. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's going to happen. Nothing in this world is for free. So at least it's a way it's almost like free to play, but it's essentially a demo. If you mm-hmm. like it, then you buy into it essentially. Right. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how long it'll stay up in my top 10 that I'm playing. Right. Right. Like Fortnite is always like probably number five and then I'll play it and it goes back to number one and then I play a couple more games. Like it's always in this like yeah. the 10 cycle. Is it gonna, suspect- if it's going to drop off that front page <laughs> of your yeah. Switch, right? Yeah, exactly. A- Apex might be the one, like I said before, that will dethrone. That's Fortnite. always it. Yeah, that'll be number one, I'm sure. As soon as, That'll be the first thing you see all the time. And right? I am just foaming at the mouth for that thing. So I'll all try right. to get through the rest of my list here real quick so you can get to yeah. your stuff there, Justin. But uh, <laughs> obviously, Burnout Paradise, I jump into that whenever I can. Um, so um, love the game. If I like arcade racers. I'm not into the simulation racing games too much because I've I I like I love Gran Turismo, but it's too real for me, and uh, so I I don't usually play that. I don't get every iteration of that. Let's say I'll say that I'll probably get the one for PlayStation Five when that comes out, but <laughs> I don't usually get that one. Uh, Clubhouse games, of course, uh, play that a little bit of that. Um, I'm going to mention this because I downloaded it, but I haven't played it yet. Hopefully I'll be able to talk about this again sometime, which is Duke Nukem 3D, the world tour. I actually bought that because it's only, I think it was 15 bucks. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's cheap, right? Sarapa. Yeah. It was pretty, oh no, it wasn't 15. It was, it was cheaper than that. I think I, I had to have to look. This I can't see the bucks. price because I bought it. Yeah. So it's five bucks and it's, it's a up you know, Duke Nukem game. And I grew up on Doom and Duke Nukem, so I was like, I'm buying that. So <laughs> it looks like crap still, but it's still going to probably be fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I got the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate update with the character. Mm-hmm. Haven't been able to play that yet. I want to <laughs> try that still. Um, uh, I have been playing and will do, be doing a video on it soon. I can't talk about much of it, but Catherine Full Body. Been playing that. Watch out for the video for that soon. Um, the Ottoman Empire. I uh, got a code for that and actually got to play some of that last night when you gave me the code, Justin. Um, got to play that with my son, Sammy. And I have to say, the versus mode is the best part of that game for uh, for us. For yep. uh, for They have a story mode where you play co-op. And we really didn't get into that too much. We were actually kind of bored with it. You do have to play story mode to unlock some character elements, of course. Uh, so that was a little bit frustrating because we just kind of wanted mm. to jump in the game and play. Um, but that game is um, basically a first person or third person shooter because you're behind them. Um but uh or how did they describe it it's um in intense quick fire party shooter with joy pa- jetpacks set in a world where otters rule <laughs> as they do <laughs> yes so uh i'm going to be doing a video on that to get more details too so but uh but we had a lot of fun with the versus mode that was where we spent most of our time and basically it was just doing some object objectives to try to get the most points against each other at the same time of killing each other. So nice. <laughs> each other's odd, uh, otter. Yeah. So again, I'll do a video on that. So I'll get more details in there. And then last but not least tonight and just other nights as well, but animal crossing tonight's uh, update. I got into, got to download it before the show and play, do some swimming 
I don't know why I posted this, I think, on Twitter, but this just puts a big smile on my face. It makes me so happy. And I don't know why. It's just a simple thing. It's an update. I'm jumping into the water, swimming. But you're collecting new things. A new part of the museum came in. Not a new part of the whole museum, but you're collecting more things for the museum. A new part of your uh, checklist or your things that you collect is added. A new tab for the things you collect in the water. Uh, It's just, it's to me, this, even this update is a lot better than some of the updates we received, like the the wedding one. Maybe it's because of the wedding one was kind of a low for me personally. And then coming back into this was like, yes. I mean, I was excited about jumping into the water, but actually doing it was so much fun. (laughs) So, yeah, kind kind of like for me, like Animal Crossing is kind of like Fortnite, like one, two, three, four, five, back to one, right? Like, or more stays in that, like the top three or top five uh, rotation. Yeah, my kids uh, still love Animal Crossing. I've actually gotten to a point now with my kids. I'm like, so when are you getting your own switches? Uh, Just because they're online really constantly and i was like no i I, i'd like to play a game and they're like oh but i want to play animal crossing so well take uh, it from here justin where you've been playing right uh well a little bit a little bit of animal crossing obviously excited to jump into the patch uh ninja was a big one i I did get an opportunity to do the download for smash and i played as min min and when i watched sakurai's videos like man i think i'm really gonna like playing as min min and i discovered i really really suck at playing as min min (laughs) Uh, so I need to figure that out, but I love the character design. I love the, um, just the way that she plays. Uh, yes. I've played about 10 matches and I have struggled real Are you hard. struggling with the, the new control of being able to control her left and right arm with A and B? Not so, not so much, just a little okay. bit of like the float, the floatiness of her, the, a little bit of the distance, um, the distance clo- fighting. Okay. Distance fighting, clo- close range, not as well. Um, so I, I've had to flip. So like my other one that I kind of go with is, uh, link okay. and like Terry, right. So again, kind of closer contact closer, right. So, so yeah. Min Min is definitely kind of that wider, um, distance. Dis- I find I've had some good success with her times, but I haven't won a match. Um, and I just like jump online and play. So I'm probably also getting destroyed that way, but I love the design. Super cool character. Um, can't wait to see her amiibo, by the way. I think that's yes. going to look awesome. Super I can't wait for any of these amiibos, especially right? that yeah. Joker ba- one. Banjo as well, man. Oh, yes. Oh, awesome. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, play a little bit of that. Uh, the other game I've been playing, actually, I cannot speak to much because of Embargo, but is I have got a review copy of Cross Code. Now, for those of you like, why does this sound familiar? Cross Code is that 16-bit SNES-style graphics uh, game. And I'll give you just a quick rundown of it. This is off of their eShop. This retro-inspired 2D action RPG uh, might outright surprise you. CrossCode combines 16-bit style, SNES-style graphics with butterly smooth physics, a fa- fast-paced combat system, and engaging puzzle mechanics um, served with a gripping sci-fi story. Um, if, you, if you're in the eShop, it literally says that this is a 30 to 80-hour game Seven unique worlds, 120 anim, uh, enemies, seven expand, expansive dungeons, 90 combat arts, 100 quests, 60 hours or 60 plus um, music soundtrack. That is cross code. Embargo is not up yet, so I can't really speak of it, but I have been playing it. I will speak more of it soon. You'll see more footage on it. But this may be one that you might want to flag 
comes out next week on June 9th. Um, we all know that I'm not a huge RPG fan. No. Let's just say yeah, that. No, no. Might be a game <laughs> you might want to flag. Okay. I'm I'm adding it to the wish list now. There you it go. sounds those, intriguing. Those are the games that I have been playing. Yeah, when we talked about that game a few weeks ago when we when it had a release date, I'm like, I thought this was a game I was was interested in, but this doesn't look like it. I realized I was thinking of a different game. I was thinking of Chris Tales, which still mm. is still supposed to be coming yep. out this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Justin, yeah, you have to give up your game and give it to Jesse. So he right, can. I was like, oh, I think it's probably good. Sometimes I wish we could do that. I was like, no, no, you, you, you have a shot at this one. Um, so let's jump. We're getting long in the tooth here. Let's jump into our community spotlight, shall we? We have got a couple of questions through our community spotlight from Discord. Uh, so obviously, the amazing folks and supporters of our Nintendo dads. Plus a question from Twitter as well and Patreon. So we're going to kind of do like a quick round robin. This is our question answering component of it. Um, uh, Tim, can you kick us off with this great question from John? Of course. So John, or Zablanc, as a lot of you know him in our Discord, or if you listen to our other podcast and our family podcast, the Dad's After Dark show, uh, he's a co-host there. He sent us a question and said, for each of the dads, name a game to satisfy each of these four questions. And no game can be repeated twice. Question one, what's a game you prefer to play on the Switch than another console? Number two, what's a game you prefer to play on another console than the Switch? Number three, what's the game you most want ported to the Switch? And number four, what's a Switch game you most want ported to another console? So, so going back to number one, what's a game you prefer to play on the Switch than another console? I could go first if you guys like, give you guys a chance to think. Sure. Um, for my choice for this one, I put Minecraft. It's something about playing the full game on the go is which I prefer to play this on the Switch, especially because of my kids too. So I did, I had it on my phone. Didn't want to play too much there because, again, I'm more of I want a controller. I've played it on PlayStation. I played it on PC. Just again, this is one of those games I like having on the go. And to me, it's impressive to have on the go because I remember when this game came out, you know, it was all PC based. Uh, and just to be able to play this on the go or, you know, around the house or, or whatever. I just I think Minecraft is my choice as a game I prefer to play on the Switch than any nice. other console. Jesse, how about you? So normally, switch the switch version is some somehow diminished in some way to make it work versus the other consoles. But the game I have in mind, the switch has the definitive edition. I'm going to say Dragon Quest Eleven S. Cool. Okay. okay. It just, it's a good it choice. Has, I like that one. Yeah, I, I didn't play it on the PS4. I played it. I, I held out and waited for the Switch version, but it has it. It does have some quality of life improvements, uh, and uh, just more content. It it combined content that was in the 3DS version of the game in Japan that we never got here, for, so we North Americans was able to get that content for the first time. 
Cool. Um, my answer is challenging because I only have the Switch as my console, so I have no other reference point. <laughs> uh, so what's a game I prefer to play on the Switch than any other console? Um, I, I'm going to say Breath of the Wild. Um, and I think, you know, I remember the first, like, first time I had to go on a plane trip and I had Breath of the Wild with me for, tra- for travel. And it was just how amazing that experience was literally in the palm of your hands. And I sat there and played the entire trip. Um, and it was amazing. I can see that. And it, funny enough is uh, going into question number two, what's a game you prefer to play on another console than the Switch? I was going to say Breath of the Wild for the Wii U mm. over the Switch. Now, that might be shocking to some people, but I we actually had both copies because my son didn't have a Switch at the time and he wanted to play Breath of the Wild. So we bought a copy for the Wii U and I had mine for the Switch. I completely the forgot why, that it was a Wii U game. <laughs> uh, the reason why I liked it on the Wii U is because of that second screen. That second screen, man, for when we had we used it a lot for the DS or for the Wii U, came in handy for a lot of games. And that was one game that I actually, I didn't play it over the Switch. I still played the Switch version more, but I would have preferred probably to play it on the Wii U. They ended up nerfing the second screen in that, right, didn't they? Or did, did they still use it? I think they still had the map on there and, and being able to... I thought they did. Because I, so I, I'm i remembering they, they just blacked it out and it was a single screen game, but I could be wrong. No, you They're might really- be right. I thought it was. I thought it was something that you could use. Like I said, so, I didn't play enough of it, so... But it was really shown in uh, the Game Awards like two years before it launched. It it did have Wii U support, uh, yeah. second screen support, and the, yeah. that was a big. Well, I'm glad talking, I didn't choose that then. <laughs> talking point of the game. Yeah. <laughs> really quick, funny story. When I moved to Ireland, I left my Wii U with a friend of mine, and yeah. he because we left just after Breath of the Wild had had released. He's like, "Can I borrow your Wii U while you're gone? And I'm going to buy Breath of the Wild and play it." So he got Breath of the Wild, played it, and when he got when I got back and I got my Wii U back, he's like, "By the way, here's Breath of the Wild for the Nintendo for the Wii U. Uh, I'm done with it." And I was like, "Cool! I just got Breath of the Wild for the Wii U for free. This is awesome." <laughs> so nice. it's sitting in my collection. I've never played it on the Wii U, but I have it. So the game that I did that I do prefer to play on another console than the Switch I picked was Mortal Kombat 11. I'd rather have. And I made a little note too. I'd rather have the Injustice franchise on the Switch, <laughs> but okay. yeah, Mortal Kombat 11 I would rather have on, say, the PlayStation 4 than the Switch. Okay, I like it. Jesse, what about you? Um, I'm you know, leaning towards the Dragon Quest again. Uh, I, I, I did play Dragon Quest 2 and the start of Dragon Quest 3 on the Switch, and I don't like their art style that they used. It's, uh, so I think I would, I'll say Dragon Quest 3 and say I'd rather have played that on, like, 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 like NES or any other system with, remember, with, with the older art style. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to answer this one. It's actually cut. I was struggling with this one and I just figured it out. I would rather play the Outer Worlds on a console than on the Nintendo uh, Switch. Gotcha, yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, although have, I was you played say it, t- have you played that more? Uh, not a whole lot more. Still got about four or five hours into it. Um, okay. So I'm getting there slowly. Did you see, though, they are going to put out a patch? Yes, I did. I got excited for it. So I'm, I'm like holding off. 
a little bit. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to. I may actually stop and just kind of see for now. So yeah, uh, let's move on to question number three. So number three, what's the game you most want ported to the Switch? And I think anybody who knows me has heard me g- predict this and hope for it, prayed for it. Mario Metroid Kart Double Prime. Dash. Yes. 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 Exactly. Metroid Prime <laughs> Trilogy. <laughs> I want that ported so bad. Uh, and I mean, even a port, I'll take. And I've been leaning more recently for a remaster. But I'll take a port. You know, if it's the port of Metroid Prime Trilogy and they tweak it so it works on the Switch, great. But a remaster would be even better if they did, even if they did each one leading up to Metroid Prime 4, like this year, Metroid Prime, you know, remaster the next year, they all stand alone, not a whole trilogy. I I would take that too. So, yes, that's my ported wish. Nice. (laughs) Jesse, what about you? Um, I'm thinking. I want to. I, I'm going to say two games because they're kind of related, um, like Persona Three uh, FES and Persona Four Golden. Hmm. Yeah, yes, the latter just got a PC uh, release uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I I would have probably bought them again if they were on Switch, just because I don't. I, I I have played PC games in the past and still do on rare occasion, but that's not my go-to system. You know, the Switch is. Yeah, nice. That's a good choice. I like that one. I would like that one too. <laughs> yeah. Now that my now that my campaign to get Apex Legends on the Switch was successful, you're welcome. Uh, my newest, my eyes are set on the next target, and that next target is Ori and the Willow of the Wisp, or Ori yes. Two. Did you see the article on that one? I where did. The developers it broke my heart. Or, yeah, they're like, oh, we don't think we can do it. I know it hurts so much. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe when they get um, Unreal 5 engine over, maybe that'll help. Yeah. Let's see. All right. right, So number four, what's a Switch game you most want ported to another console? I picked Breath of the Wild because I think it looked great on the Switch, but I can only imagine how much more beautiful it would look on a more powerful console. Teraflops and SSDs? Yes. Yes, exactly. But I, that one is just, I think it would be really cool. It'd be one of those things like we've seen Xbox do, right? Where they have their game and they've had it on their system for a couple of years. And then they say, here you go, Switch, here you can have it, you know, type of thing. Where I think Nintendo, if they did it, I don't think they would, but I would never say never, I guess. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we've seen some stranger things that happen, but maybe Nintendo could turn around and say, okay, Breath of the Wild has been out for, you know, for three years. Maybe when two comes out, they say, hey, Xbox and PlayStation, we're going to put, we would like to put Breath of the Wild on your system. And uh, so I think that would be really cool if they did something like that. That would be a cool port to see. Yeah, see what he got. Uh, still thinking on this one. I, 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 I'll let you go first if you have, if you have an answer. Well, I yeah. think. So this is this is solely about the idea of getting more people into the into the game. I am going to say Mario Kart Eight or whatever the latest greatest Mario Kart is, or Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Oh, interesting. And okay. so my idea there is, if it's available on more platforms, it's a multiplayer online game. More people will play it. 
So you're kind of just growing that community, right? As opposed yeah. to creating a singular experience. It's, and it's so, and then my thought there, and this is like Justin Crazy Talk, cross play. Yes. Right. So, so awesome. You got a PlayStation and you're playing Mario Kart. Awesome. I can play against you. Right. I think that's, yeah. and so then I could play with all those friends who do have other, other platforms. You remember so I'm being selfish for myself. You remember when they did the, like, I think it was Soul Calibur, where each system that had it, I think it was back in GameCube. I forget what version was it four. Yeah. Each version had it was their two. Well, yeah, okay. You're thinking of two. Each version, okay. Four did ha- which well, was on 360 and PS3, not on any Nintendo system. Okay. Uh, did also the same thing. Okay. But yeah. So, yeah Link, was Link was where, in. Link was on one of the, the GameCube version, yeah. and then yeah. PlayStation had their special character, and Xbox had their special character. Um. So. I could, I was see when you were mentioning, that, I could see that happening with Super Smash Bros. How we all were talking about, I think even Roger was guaranteeing that, that what the Halo guy was going to be on, um, on the Ultimate, but that would be something where I could see that happening if they did share that game with the other systems. Where, okay, we're going to put Ultimate on Xbox, and when you get it on Xbox, you can use, um, the, the, um, Halo guy, I forget his name. But what Master, they call Chief. Master Chief. Master Chief. Thank you, uh, Master Chief on the on that version. And then for the PlayStation version, they I would I would like to see Kratos. I think that would be mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. So it would be Kratos for that. Um, so I could and maybe even Mario Kart. You could put um, you know the the um, little big planet thing. Exactly. Yep, on that one because they did have a kart game for that, which was pretty fun actually. Yeah. Because uh, I had it on a PS3, and then nice. whatever Xbox One, I think would be cool too. So yeah, I I think that would be awesome. I like it. Jesse. Great questions. Oh yeah, Jesse, sorry. Pick. Yeah, I was kind of along the same lines of what Tim said about Breath of the Wild. I think the same would apply to Super Mario Odyssey. Just you know, getting you know, putting that on a more powerful system that would let you have more detailed textures. And uh, like like the one thing I I didn't like about the what they what they did is in some of those bonus levels, like like I don't even know how to describe it. Like some of the the textures they use for the walls just looked like like something that came out of a three D printer. And it, I would have okay. liked to see a little bit more detail in it other than just plain. So but yeah. That would course, be something else. That- in 4K, I could make it really look like a 3D printer. You know, like, <laughs> put put those, like scan lines in there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that would be something else to have what everybody deems Mario games as the number one platforming type game on another console. Uh, that would be something else to see mm-hmm. on a powerful system like PlayStation or Xbox. Good choices, yeah, guys. You want me to read the next question, Justin? Do it. All right. I'll go into the one from Blockfort or Dan, who's, again, uh, part of the Dad Crossing crew. Uh, Pretty much every game, other game publisher drops the price of their games significantly after the initial release. I'm seeing games like Kingdom Hearts 3 at GameStop already down to $20. Persona 5 Royale is $40. And while some games maintain the $60 price tag for a while longer... We all know that The Last of Us 2 and FF7 
remake will all be in the bargain bin soon enough. Then there's Nintendo. Breath of the Wild still uh, has an MSRP of $60. That game, 3.5 years old. Even some Wii U games are still sitting at the $40 mark. Why do you think other publishers are willing to discount their games where Nintendo is bent on maintaining value as long as possible? I actually prefer Nintendo's way as an early adapter of Nintendo stuff if it makes me feel like Nintendo respects its products more. But basically, the question, again, why do you think other publishers are so willing to discount their games where Nintendo is bent on maintaining value as long as possible? Right. I have an answer that I don't know if it's the right answer or not, but I, a, a theory. I don't know. Justin, do you have your thoughts? Uh, I'll let you go first, because okay. typically I overtalk. I don't think it's the publisher. I think it's the merchants, because they're, they're most of the most of the time after the first two or three weeks, the games don't sell. So they want to get it off the shelves and you know, they'll take, they'll take whatever loss at that point just to get it out of their inventory. Says so I looked at persona five Royale on, on if you, you, it's still $60 buying a digital. So, you know, the original persona five is on $20 discount, you know, like similar to what Nintendo used to do when they dro- like drop their prices down to 20 bucks and market it player's choice or something. Uh, but so uh, that's why I, I don't think it's the publisher. I think it's, it's the stores themselves, you know, because they have finite shelf space. They need to, you know, lose, lose games that don't sell anymore to put new games out there that will. And Nintendo games are fewer in quantity and especially Nintendo published games and they have a long tail. So they'll continue to sell, which is why there's no, there's no reason to lower those prices because they know they will sell in, in, in time. Yeah, I think I th- yeah, I would, so I would agree with that, right? Thing, especially a brick and mortar thing. Nintendo is very good, um, for good or for not, at understanding the value of their IP, and and to not diminish that, and they know the 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 um, financial impact of that. And a little bit of this actually, I think, kind of trickles into our conversation last week regarding mobile and why Nintendo's maybe not as happy with with that, right? If you can put out a $10 Mario game versus an $80 Mario game, what does that say about Mario, right? Um, so they're very, so they're so cautious and they're so aware of the value of their IP that if you discount it, right, if you give it a low cut, then it says something about, about the quality of it, potentially the product. Right. Um, or the value of that. And again, I think when you think of it, Nintendo is always very high on their quality. They've always had that Nintendo seal of quality kind of stance, both physically on the box, but I think also as, as kind of a cultural ethos for their corporate culture for a long time. Right. It's so rare that Nintendo will do that. We'll say, no, we're going to cut this price. We're going to cut this price. Um, even nowadays, when we do see those like, oh, it's on discount, it's like 15% off, it's 20. It's not a deep, deep cut, but it's enough where they're like, yeah, I feel like that's okay. Um, so I think it's just their awareness of their brand. And I think their un, their unwillingness to change on that. And because they believe that their quality is so high, right? You buy, whether you buy Super Mario Odyssey the day it releases or Super Mario Odyssey two months later or two years later, guess what? It's still just as good. Do you know what I mean? So why, so why change those things? So, um, if you're a consumer trying to save dollars, it's not really going to help. 
right? Especially if it's Nintendo first party. But then you think of something, you know, great example. If I would flip that coin, is you think of Ubisoft um, and specifically Mario versus Mario and Rabbids. Now there's Ubisoft using a Mario IP, and they got the rights to do that. But then you see it get deeply, deeply cut down to like with the DLC pack at something like an eight, almost an eighty percent cut. Do you know what I mean? Now that now Nintendo's not a lot. Nintendo's not the one saying we're going to cut that. That's the publisher at that side or the developer at that side saying we're going to cut that. And that's so it's the digital also, version too. It's digital version as well. So it depends on kind of where those decisions are made. Hundred percent agree with Jesse in relation to like the brick and mortar. I remember when Amiibo Festival uh, Animal Crossing came out, and like you could go into the EB Games here, and it was like five bucks. And I can tell you, Nintendo was not like, no, no, that's cool. You sell that for five bucks. EB Games was like, we need to get this off our shelves. And Nintendo still space. got their asking price wholesale. Correct. You yeah. know, the, the stores took the loss. Yeah, exactly. So. And yes. kind of kind of a side news item based you know, similar to this. The uh, the rumor is PS5, Xbox Series X games would retail at 70. Yep, I've heard that. And while Switch games will will mean We'll maintain 60 through its generation. Uh, yeah. We'll see what happens next now in a post-Switch world. But uh, that might help Switch versions of games sell more if there is, you know, multi-console releases. You know, same yeah. similar with, with back in the Wii. Wii games were no more than 50. And yeah. P- 360 PS3s started with the 60 price tags. Yeah. Makes Great sense. Great question. Great question. Tim, what else you got yes. for us? Uh, the next question comes from Twitter from Tugo Obap. Uh, and he says, I have Wind Waker on the Wii U. I have been waiting to play it, waiting for the Switch version. But I think I will wait a long time. Thoughts? And P.S. He says, Dad's After Dark is the evil stepsister podcast. Mic drop. <laughs> 100% true to that. Right. We love the guys over at Dads After Dark, by the way. They are absolutely fantastic. And yes, they are part of the Nintendo Dads Network podcast network of shows, including uh, Dad Crossing, The Dinner Table, Dads After Dark, and what we were calling the OG show, the original show, uh, the this this one as well. Um, you're, just just pick up, just start playing Wind Waker on the Wii U. Yeah. All right. Just, yes, I would like, play it so I would like it. for it to be um, releasing the Switch as well. It's, I don't think it's going to get any updates. It will just be a f- flat port with maybe something small added, but not worth paying another $60 for it. Do you think they're actually doing one, Jesse? I didn't say I think they are. I said I think that was I, my I would, question to you. I would like to see it. Um, yeah. I, I would, I think in their, their port history, I think Twilight Princess and Wind Waker are viable ports to switch. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think just, so. Just to get more things off of Wii U only. Well, but it wasn't a Wii U only, right? It was a GameCube game. Well, the HD but, versions but, is correct. Wii U only. That's, that's yeah. what I'm referring to. I, 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 you know, I'm going to be very much like you on this one as well. I got the Wind Waker uh, on the Wii U. I had never played it till I got the Wii U. Um, and I got it. It's like some crazy deal. I can't remember. Like it was some kind of like, hey, you buy two games for the price of one or whatever. Um, I've got it digitally. And man, I... So happy I do. So happy I do. So yeah, play it. Play Wind Waker. Yeah, such sure. a, such a such an interesting game because it is such a counter to Majora's Mask, which was the game before Wind Waker. 
right? You had Ocarina, you had Majora's Mask, and Majora's Mask was very different than Ocarina because of the dark tones, right? Because of the almost horror-esque elements of it to then, like, literally the next game be this at-sea, sunny, uh, um, cell-shaded graphics, right? Like, just a very shift again, right? And then you go to, like, Twilight Princess. That's a different shift as well. It's so so fascinating. Yeah, Yeah, I I did play the GameCube version of The Wind Waker and then played it again and finished it on the Wii U for the... The, I, I did play the Wii, Wii, the Wii version of Twilight Princess. I bought the Wii U version and never got around to playing that because I just finished a replay of the Wii version like oh, yeah, right. months before they announced it and right. I bought it and never played it again. So I, I might, that one I might break out and play it again. Of course, th- then they'll announce the Switch version as soon as I finish the Wii U version and then I won't want to buy, play it again. So for, for me, four years. For me, it's close to what I've been wanting, which is I have the Metroid Prime trilogy digital version on the Wii U. I haven't want I haven't replayed it, or at some point I didn't replay it because I was hoping that the rumors were true that the Switch version of it would come out and I would replay it there. But since I've been waiting. I actually went ahead and started playing on the Wii U. When we had it connected to the TV, I started playing it again. But maybe this will happen to to go back as well. Go ahead and start playing it. See how it feels. See if you still want to keep playing it. And if you do, just keep playing it. Because what I what happened for me is when I started playing the Metroid Prime trilogy or Metroid Prime first on the Wii U, I just it was like after playing switch so much and trying to go back to the Wii U, I was just like, I can't do it. I was trying to play it. I was doing the whole, you know, using the Wii moat and the, um, nunchuck, um, trying to do that whole thing. Cause I thought, you know, going back to that, the original way to play, I would have fun with it again, but it was like, man, I, I can't do it. I want to wait for the switch version. So for me, I just put it down I stopped playing it and I'm waiting for the switch version. If it ever comes true. Yeah. So if I wait a long time, I wait a long time. If it never comes, it never comes. So I got other things to play anyway. So see what happens. Go ahead and start playing it. And if you just play through it, then you saved yourself some money and probably won't have to buy the Switch version anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Great question. Did we, did we everything I got? Questions? That's, That's it. We got. Okay. Awesome. Uh, anything, sorry, Tim, anything on our Patreon questions? From Marty's question. Let's just double check on that. Right, Jesse, how you, Jesse, how you doing over there? I'm doing okay. Good, 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 good. Uh, a couple, let's just take a quick look at the chat here. Lots of people jumping in. Thank you very much. Again, I see uh, Nintendo Ninja News. Great to see you here. Super to fast. Awesome. Thank you for contributing. Mecha Dragon 101. Always awesome to see you here. Uh, Watson Hobby or Watson Bobby 32. Thank you so much for being here. Saw Sean Capri was with us earlier as well. Um, Jay Harley, thank you so much for being here. So great. Awesome. Thank you guys. You guys are just fantastic for, for being here and being active and present in our chat. We greatly, greatly appreciate this all the time. Uh, we just, we just, uh, video game guru 64. Such a great chat. Such a great, uh, participation. Tim, questions? So a lot of comments about what we were voting on, which, uh, again, we touched on some of these. 
Dan uh, again was mentioning about his prediction of no general directs anymore, which we touched on. Yep. Uh, Chris was mentioning the shakedown Hawaii thing coming to Wii and Wii U. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, did we just get out of a DeLorean from <laughs> what John was talking about? <laughs> uh, apparently, you know, some sort of uh, probably in regards to the shakedown Hawaii or something. Yep. Uh, and then Ibisol actually has a question here and hmm. it says, pretend it's the year 2030. So 10 years from now, yep. tell me what has Nintendo been up to? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump that one. Um, Nintendo has diversified their portfolio even more so from an economics perspective. Uh, the super, the Nintendo world, Super Nintendo world has opened successfully at several locations across the world, their theme park and, uh, including two or three in the U.S., two in Europe and, uh, one in Japan. Uh, they have a Netflix series, The Legend of Zelda and a Metroid series, which was recently announced. Boy, is it fantastic. And also, have you seen <laughs> Super Mario 2 is hitting the movie theaters coming out very, very soon? Of course, this is also on the back of the fact they've had success with the Switch 3, which is continuing their methodology, but right now is dominating the entire video game console market, is destroying the PlayStation 6 and the Xbox Big Mac. It is just destroying all of it, and they are winning every single console battle. As a matter of fact, they've actually acquired um, the the uh, bot Sony and is making them do their own games. Uh, so I think they're doing well. I think they're doing very, very well. Um, and that is how, that's how it's, how it's going to go. Wow. I wish I had that type of, I wish I had that type of imagination. Gentlemen, anything you want to add there? Wow. Uh, did you mention anything about the cloud? I think, you know. Oh no. I also didn't mention their mobile markets, their whole strategy yet. No, I haven't, I haven't done that because, you know, it's also, by the way, in 2030, they still haven't figured out voice chat. Let's just be honest, right? That they still haven't got that done yet. Do they? Do they get online figured out yet? What? <laughs> of, course <not. laughs> of course not. Why would they? Why would they? That all makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if I can come up with anything. But I mean, I guess I could dream a little bit and say that yes, they figured out cloud, and they instead of coming out with new games on mobile, they come out with their own mobile app where you can play their games on phone through their mobile app and use the Switch 3 controllers to play either on the tablet or with your phone. I like it. That needs iOS 24 installed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> good, good questions, guys. Great Thank questions. you so much. All right, folks, ladies and gentlemen, is that it? I think that's it. All I can see. That is a wrap. That is the end, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 287. Of course, as we're rolling out here, you know the routine. Big thanks for Patreon producers, Chris Mears, David Ernsberg, uh, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contrario. Of course, if you want to check out all the amazing stuff that Nintendo Dads do, does, head over to the, our website, nintendodads.org. You can see our videos. You can see our blog posts. You can see our tweets. You can see our podcast. That is, you can get our merch there. You can find out information about the hosts. It is our landing page 101, everything Nintendo Dads orientated. Tim and Jesse did an absolutely fantastic job bringing that all together. It is wonderful. Make sure you do that. 
Of course, if you want to check out all of our latest social media posts, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. We are putting out videos daily. You need to check these videos out. There is some great Let's Plays or some opinion pieces or some unboxings. There is a ton of content. Make sure you do that. And of course, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime, we would love your subscription because that helps us pay the bills and keep the lights going. Um, Folks, that is it. That is all. I will be remiss if I didn't say we are on all the major podcasting platforms. So that is um, Apple, or sorry, it's iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. While you're there, I'd love a four-star, maybe five-star review. If it's under three stars, go to Megadads. All right, go to Megadads and start rating them three-star reviews. None of that stuff here. All right, only positive things. Be good to each other, that kind of stuff, all right? Uh, if you want to send us an email, head over to NintendoDads at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'd love to read it on the show. And, of course, you can leave us a voicemail. It's 929-25-NDADS or 929-256-3237. Big thanks to OC Remix and, of course, Carter Johnson and Adam Leonard for the amazing artwork that you see and hear throughout the entire show. For myself, for Jesse, for Tim, be good to each other, take care of yourselves, and be a little bit better every day. Thanks for listening to Nintendo Dads. Bye-bye. Take you later. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. Please understand. Maple syrup mooses. Morgan?